0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. After what looked like a soul-destroying decision to leave AlphaTauri, Pierre Gasly might just succeed in pushing Esteban Ocon out. It all clicked into place for me after Pierre Gasly secured 7th in Brazil in a very quiet and unassuming manner. Him having made little impact in the weekend, whereas his teammate had done the complete opposite. But that might be exactly what Alpine needs to be able to recover from the doldrums that they have found themselves in last year and this year especially. The balance of power is definitely shifting away from Esteban Ocon, who has been with that team for four seasons, but Gasly, he's just torn that right up. Alonso had the more unreliable car, now Ocon finds himself in that position, being put on alternate strategies, Pierre getting the most stable plan for the race, and that might be part of what could be the re-rise of Pierre Gasly going forward after what I thought was turning out to be a real big downfall of a decision. Pierre Gasly signing for Alpine. That, to me, seemed like one of the most bizarre decisions to come out of the silly season of 2022. And quite frankly, one of the only highlights. Apart from Fernando Alonso going to Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel retiring, everything else was relatively sedate. But why on earth would he go to a team which hosted a driver, the lead driver, who he clearly didn't get on with and had never been friends with for as long as they could remember and even outwardly didn't really like? Well, he kind of had no choice, as it was becoming increasingly obvious for us and Pierre that he was never going to be heading back to the top team of Red Bull. They had other ideas by signing Checo in replace of Alex Albon. No opportunity to be able to get himself back up there in the wake of of what was his replacement in 2019, then being shown the door himself. (laughs) No, 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 no. Pierre's job at the Red Bull group was to be the bastion of Alpha Towery and keep them as a constant and a yardstick for any incoming potential young talent from the Red Bull Junior program. Which turned out to be Danny Kvyat, who was already a veteran of the group, and Yuki Tsunoda, and that's it. Sure, he was doing okay, but Avatari weren't. They eventually finished the 2022 season in 9th place, and had clearly not done well in interpreting the new regulations for themselves, having moved away from the old model of raiding the Red Bull parts draw, which they are now raiding again, and implemented the RB19's rear suspension from Singapore onwards, and wouldn't you know it, they're doing better now! And quite clearly, Daniel Ricciardo's experience in the RB19 at the Silverstone Tire Tests and the Simulators, that's proving to be really beneficial as Alfatari rediscover themselves, but it was clear that for Pierre Gasly, it was definitely his time to go. Things were not looking up for him. He had to find a fortune elsewhere, forge his own destiny. But where? it wasn't really looking all that solid. And Alpine had to fill in the gap from Alonso, and they had to come to terms with having lost their young star Oscar Piastri to McLaren. I still don't have any sympathy for them, Alpine. They made a rod for their own back. Considering where AlphaTauri were, Alpine was just nothing but better. Pierre has gone on to say that he hopes to talk to Helmut Marco one day about why he got demoted in the first place and the stuff surrounding it. Perhaps why he was never considered perhaps of replacing Albon after getting his first win for AlphaTauri in 2020. But then again, people have actually speculated that Gasly wasn't all that nice to the Red Bull mechanics and that might be another reason why he was kept away from them. But people can mature. Give him another chance. But Red Bull clearly weren't going to give him another chance. It might have turned into one of his smartest decisions because he's pulling a Fernando. He is killing his teammate with kindness. Of course, it's not over yet, and there's still one more season before both drivers are up for renewal in what will look likely to be one of the silliest silly seasons in F1 history, because two-thirds of the grid are up for transfers in the wake of the 2025 rule tweaks, which could see the order changing all over the place like it did in 2021. But I feel that Pierre Gasly has done enough to convince Alpine that he is the one to build a future around, and not Esteban Ocon, who have been the anchor for the last four seasons since Toto secured him a gig there for 2020. Now, before you say anything, I am not saying that Esteban Ocon is a bad driver. He is good, and on his day, he can be just as good and skilled as Pierre. Him getting a victory in Hungary for Alpine, which they have been craving for years since the days of Alonso, and then getting podiums every now and again, that is not a bad achievement, and that is justifiably what keeps you in Formula 1. But sometimes that proves not to be enough in the long term. You need to keep getting good results, and being a very good and constructive driver for the team. Because remember, Formula One is a team sport. And Pierre, I think, is a really good team player. Without his skills at Afatari, I don't think they would have been as good as they have turned out to be and get all the surprises that they found themselves with in 2020 and 2021, when Pierre had accepted the role of being the lead driver of that team. And Pierre is starting to show his influence with Alpine, being able to provide really good feedback for the team and his mechanics, and voicing out some particular tweaks to the A524, such as, for example, maybe making the cockpit a little bit shorter, so that means his arms don't have to reach out so far, and that means it's more comfortable when he's trying to steer the actual car. Because Esteban Ocon, he is a very, very tall boy, and it had been catered for him, the cockpit, because, well, He's the most senior driver. He's the one that's been able to have the most influence on the car. But now that's starting to change in favour of Pierre because of his experience, which since the summer break ended has become more and more consistent with him outscoring Ocon and completely overriding the deficit he had with Ocon before and now provided a 16 point advantage over Esteban. And this stat that I'm about to show you completely mesmerized me. This little stat selection from Brazy on Twitter. It put into numbers the impact that Pierre had had on the Faenza team since it became Toro Rosso and then Alfa And remember, this is just with the Toro Rosso stats. If you include the Minardi portion of those stats, the other 340 Grand Prix starts, then being around since 1985's Brazilian Grand Prix, it becomes all the more spectacular. This One driver, Pierre Gasly, scored a third of the entire Fianza team's points throughout their entire career since the mid-80s, secured the other of their two wins, the other being got by Sebastian Vettel, at the same track, surprisingly, scored their most podiums. Minardi weren't really able to contribute to this portion because their best career result was fourth place. Pierre, for the Fianza residents, is one of their biggest hits. Of course, you can easily attribute that to the fact that during the Minardi years, you were lucky to even last a whole season with them. Maybe two of you were lucky. So Pierre throughout complete attrition of being there effectively for four four and a bit seasons, the mode and model on the style of driver recruitment changed in the Avataro years and Toro Rosso. But You got the points, you got the glory. All of these stats really explain to you why Pierre Gasly is good for Formula One and why he is worthy of being on the grid. In 2021, when he of course got himself another podium, most of the times that he would finish, he would be in the points and some good points results as well. There were only three DNFs as well, and he rarely found himself below 11th, maybe once in 13th and a 17th, or almost a not classified. But even then, he was consistently in the points, and he did outscore Esteban Ocon in a completely different team. Yes, of course, Ocon was in a faster car, but that car was crippled with unreliability. In a time when Alpine is looking to reinvent themselves, truly reinvent themselves, instead of the platitudes and empty promises that we had seen before, perhaps Pierre Gasly's presence might be the medicine that they need, part of the cure. A real goal, instead of a 100 race policy, a five-year policy. All of that stuff, that's gone completely out the window. Now Alpine are just looking from race to race and improving as they go. I think Alpine have realised that they've got a bit of a sleeper sensation on their hands and somebody who's been able to masterfully handle the very tricky situation regarding that driver partnership. Everybody thinking it was going to be a powder keg. No one quite sure where the flashpoint was going to be. And before you say anything about those two accidents that they had where they collided together, that's been kind of rendered moot. Mainly for the fact that Pierre Gasly and Ocon to a lesser extent, were able to quickly defuse the situation, say that it was a complete accident that they didn't collide with each other, they were just part of other bigger calamities that befell them. Esteban Ocon is denying the tide of car development has been going towards Pierre's favour. That doesn't count for the fact that things are changing. He thinks that there's nothing going on, that it's fine, that it's just down to bad luck and unreliability, which is partially true. He has had... Many more DNFs than Pierre has had this year, but even then, they really need to fix the unreliability. And we've also seen the Alpine curse, where one driver has the less sturdy car, and this time around Ocon has received that, after Alonso receiving that last year, when it would have been more obvious that Alonso probably lost dozens of points because he would fail to finish because the car gave up on him. So you might be thinking, well, what's your argument here? It all rests on conduct. Ocon has been incredibly sloppy this year, and found himself in many different situations which aren't exactly glowing for Alpine in the midst of a managerial reshuffling. Do you remember all of those penalties that he gathered over the beginning of the season? All those 5 second penalties and drive-through penalties, 10 second penalties, accruing upwards of nearly half a minute of them in one race alone? Yes, of course, that's partially down to team conduct as well, but... Sometimes that really doesn't matter in the eyes of the public. You are still the driver attached to those penalties. And that is going to provide negative headlines and make people think less of you. Whereas Pierre Gasly, he has had far less of that. He has, of course, had many blunders himself this season, but he has been able to back that up with yet again another example of getting those sleeper results. I have seen him get into the points where I didn't expect to see him there. That... He just ends up with a P9 or a P8 or, as we saw in Brazil, a P7 after having overcome that two-place grid drop after all of the pit stop chicanery and being able to rise back up again. Sure, there were DNFs, but you got to finish to get points. And then, of course, the situation in Baku, when Ocon came in on the last lap for a strategy call. Yes, it wasn't Alpine's fault, but Ocon was attached to those headlines. So yet again, he was involved in negative press. But I think that Brazil was probably the lowest dead for Esteban Ocon. Throughout the entire weekend, he completely conducted himself in a terrible manner. That whole situation for Fernando Alonso... Yeah, and at the same corner where he had a moment with Max Verstappen. And then at the Waybridge, he goaded Max Verstappen into shoving him. Remember, Max didn't shove him on his own, unprovoked. Esteban, as you can see, had a big grin on his face. And what he said effectively to Max was, I was faster than you, bro. And he, of course Max was going to react. That was still at a time in his career where Max Verstappen was a bit of a powder keg himself. And Ocon, he does like to invite arguments and fights. Remember all of the stuff we saw with Checo when he was teammates with him at Force India and a bit of Racing Point? Oh, oh, oh dear. Ocon's reputation is never going to go away. And it's so incredibly confusing because off the track, he looks like a really nice guy. But on track, you don't want to get anywhere near him. So at a time when both drivers are up for renewal at the end of the season and they're trying to state the case in Alpine keeping them for the following year in 2025... Gasly's doing all the right things, whereas Ocon is really not making himself out to be a sensible choice. Yes, in terms of talent and skill, they are relatively close, but sometimes it's about how you control yourself and behave outside of the car as much as what you do inside the car. Archon, you were to blame. You lost control of the car. Yes, Alonso could be portioned part of the blame for not getting out of the way far enough, and maybe should have waited until later on to slow down, but blaming Alonso entirely? No. Just, just no. And I think it's remarkable that in the space of less than a year, Pierre Gasly has been able to integrate himself with that team in a very accomplished manner. They have been very used to very, uh, Awkward driver situations with Daniel Ricciardo just bouncing on them and Cyril Abitabou actually voicing his own frustrations about that recently. Then Fernando Alonso being there, them thinking he was going to be the saviour and coming back and that this was his third time lucky and then that didn't work out because there was loads of inter-team rivalries with Ocon, that whole shebang. But now Pierre is a calm driver. He is a guy who is willing to wait, willing to work with the team, patient. He is now exhibiting all the stuff that we saw at AlphaTauri at Alpine, and I think they're liking what they're seeing. Bruno Famine, one of the key representatives of the reinvention of Alpine, is going to be looking at that and going, we need a stable driver who doesn't make negative headlines and is generally someone who works well with the team. And Ocon is starting to be shown up by Pierre Gasly. Having a consistent figurehead is vital for Alpine, because they lost Oscar Piastri, they lost Fernando Alonso, they really got lucky with Pierre working really well with Esteban and not preventing a major flashpoint and having many instances of them two colliding outside of any other extraneous circumstances. We could have had it much worse, folks, but both drivers had been able to conduct themselves really, really well. Gasly doing it even better. So when it comes to a contract extension for 2025, I think Pierre's going to be the one to do it and Ocon might find himself without a drive. Where would he go? I don't really know. It really is becoming very clear that Ocon's living on borrowed time. His reputation is very rocky. He doesn't stand much of a chance of going to any other team. I think Alpine is his last destination. After that, I don't see Toto being able to work any more magic unless there's a massive sea change at Mercedes and Mercedes find themselves in need of a driver. But they've got Mick Schumacher. They've got Kimi Antonelli. They've got Frederick Vesti. They may have other drivers coming up the Junior Formulae. I think Esteban, kind of like George in a way, has really got to impress where they are. Well, that's it. We are now very much seeing the rise of Pierre Gasly once more. And I couldn't be happier. This Very risky decision is starting to pay off. Thanks for listening to my ladder ramblings. If you liked what you heard, do be sure to leave a five-star rating on your podcasting platform of choice. I really do appreciate it. And until the next time I traverse the ladder, I hope you have a pleasant day. Goodbye.